Chapter twenty six of A Daughter of the Snows by Jack London. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter twenty six. Frona woke slowly as though from a long dream. She was lying where she had fallen, across Corliss's legs, while he, on his back, faced the hot sun without concern. She crawled up to him. He was breathing regularly with closed eyes, which opened to meet hers. He smiled, and she sank down again. Then he rolled over on his side, and they looked at each other. Vance! Yes. She reached out her hand. His closed upon it, and their eyelids fluttered and drooped down. The river still rumbled on, somewhere in the infinite distance, but it came to them like the murmur of a world forgotten. A soft languor encompassed them. The golden sunshine dripped down upon them through the living green, and all the life of the warm earth seemed singing, and quiet was very good. Fifteen long minutes they drowsed and woke again. Frona sat up. I... I was afraid, she said. Not you. Afraid that I might be afraid, she amended, fumbling with her hair. Leave it down. The day merits it. She complied with a toss of the head which circled it with a nimbus of rippling yellow. "'Tommy's gone,' Corliss mused, the race with the ice coming slowly back. "'Yes,' she answered. "'I wrapped him on the knuckles. It was terrible, but the chance is we've a better man in the canoe, and we must care for him at once. Hello, look there!' Through the trees, not a score of feet away, she saw the wall of a large cabin. "'Nobody in sight.' it must be deserted or else they're visiting whoever they are you look to our man vance i'm more presentable and i'll go and see she skirted the cabin which was a large one for the yukon country and came around to where it fronted on the river the door stood open and as she paused to knock the whole interior flashed upon her in an astounding picture a cumulative picture or series of pictures as it were for first she was aware of a crowd of men and of some great common purpose upon which all were seriously bent at her knock they instinctively divided so that a lane opened up flanked by their pressed bodies to the far end of the room and there in the long bunks on either side sat two grave rows of men and midway between against the wall was a table the table seemed the centre of interest fresh from the sun-dazzle the light within was dim and murky but she managed to make out a bearded american sitting by the table and hammering it with a heavy caulking mallet and on the opposite side sat st vincent she had time to note his worn and haggard face before a man of scandinavian appearance slouched up to the table the man with the mallet raised his right hand and said glibly you do most solemnly swear that what you are about to give before the court he abruptly stopped and glowered at the man before him. "'Take off your hat!' he roared, and a snicker went up from the crowd as the man obeyed. Then he of the mallet began again. "'You do most solemnly swear that what you are about to give before the court shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God.' The Scandinavian nodded and dropped his hand. "'One moment, gentlemen,' Frona advanced up the lane which closed behind her st vincent sprang to his feet and stretched out his arms to her frona he cried oh frona i am innocent it struck her like a blow the unexpectedness of it and for the instant in the sickly light she was conscious only of the ring of white faces each face set with eyes that burned innocent of what she thought and as she looked at st vincent arms still extended she was aware in a vague troubled way of something distasteful 
innocent of what he might have had more reserve he might have waited till he was charged she did not know that he was charged with anything friend of the prisoner the man with the mallet said authoritatively bring a stool forward some of you one moment she staggered against the table and rested a hand on it i do not understand this is all new but her eyes happened to come to rest on her feet wrapped in dirty rags and she knew that she was clad in a short and tattered skirt that her arm peeped forth through a rent in her sleeve and that her hair was down and flying her cheek and neck on one side seemed coated with some curious substance she brushed it with her hand and caked mud rattled to the floor that will do the man said not unkindly sit down we're in the same box we do not understand but take my word for it we're here to find out so sit down she raised her hand one moment sit down he thundered the cart cannot be disturbed a hum went up from the crowd words of dissent and the man pounded the table for silence but frona resolutely kept her feet when the noise had subsided she addressed the man in the chair mr chairman i take it that this is a miners meeting the man nodded then having an equal voice in the managing of this community's affairs i demand to be heard it is important that i should be heard but you're out of order miss er wells a half a dozen voices prompted miss wells he went on and added respect marking his demeanour it grieves me to inform you that you are out of order you had best sit down i will not she answered i rise to a question of privilege and if i am not heard i shall appeal to the meeting she swept the crowd with her eyes and cries went up that she be given a fair show the chairman yielded and motioned her to go on mr chairman and men i do not know the business you have at present before you but i do know that i have more important business to place before you just outside this cabin is a man probably dying from starvation we have brought him from across the river we should not have bothered you but we were unable to make our own island this man i speak of needs immediate attention a couple of you nearest the door go out and look after him the chairman ordered and you doc holliday go along and see what you can do ask for a recess st vincent whispered frona nodded her head and mr chairman i make a motion for a recess until the man is cared for cries of no recess and go on with the business greeted the putting of it and the motion was lost now gregory with a smile and salutation as she took the stool beside him what is it he gripped her hand tightly don't believe them frona they are trying to with a gulping swallow to kill me why do be calm tell me why last night he began hurriedly but broke off to listen to the scandinavian previously sworn who was speaking with ponderous slowness i wake wide open quick he was saying i come to the door i there hear one shot more he was interrupted by a warm complexioned man clad in faded mackinaws what did you think he asked eh the witness queried his face dark and troubled with perplexity when you came to the door what was your first thought ah oh, the man sighed his face clearing an infinite comprehension sounding in his voice i have no moccasins i think pretty damn cold his satisfied expression changed to naive surprise when an outburst of laughter greeted his statement but he went on stolidly one more shot i hear and i run down the trail then corliss pressed in through the crowd to frona and she lost what the man was saying what's up the engineer was asking anything serious can i be of any use yes yes she caught his hand gratefully get over the back channel somehow and tell my father to come tell him that gregory st vincent is in trouble that he is charged with 
what are you charged with gregory she asked turning to him murder murder from corliss yes yes say that he is charged with murder that i am here and that i need him and tell him to bring me some clothes and vance with a pressure of the hand and swift upward look don't take any big chances but do try to make it oh i'll make it all right he tossed his head confidently and proceeded to elbow his way towards the door who is helping you in your defence she asked st vincent he shook his head no they wanted to appoint someone a renegade lawyer from the states bill brown but i declined him he's taken the other side now it's lynch law you know and their minds are made up they're bound to get me i wish there were time to hear your side but frona i am innocent i Shh. she laid her hand on his arm to hush him and turned her attention to the witness so the newspaper feller he fight like anything but pierre and me we pull him into the shack he cry and stand in one place who cried interrupted the prosecuting lawyer m that feller there the scandinavian pointed directly at st vincent and i make a light the slush lamp i find spilt over most everything but i have a candle in my pocket it is good practice to carry a candle in the pocket he affirmed gravely and borg he lay on the floor dead and the squaw say he did it and then she die too say who did it and his accusing finger singled out st vincent him that feller there did she frona whispered yes st vincent whispered back she did but i cannot imagine what prompted her she must have been out of her head the warm-faced man in the faded mackinaws then put the witness through a searching examination which frona followed closely but which elicited little new you have the right to cross-examine the witness the chairman informed st vincent any questions you want to ask the correspondent shook his head go on frona urged what's the use he asked hopelessly i'm foredoomed the verdict was reached before the trial began one moment please frona's sharp command arrested the retiring witness you do not know of your own knowledge who committed this murder the scandinavian gazed at her with a bovine expression on his leaden features as though waiting for her question to percolate to his understanding you did not see who did it she asked again ah uh, yes that feller there accusative finger to the fore she say he did there was a general smile at this but you did not see it i hear some shooting but you did not see who did the shooting ah uh, no but she said that will do thank you she said sweetly and the man retired the prosecution consulted its notes pierre laflitch was called out a slender swart-skinned man lithe of figure and graceful stepped forward to the open space before the table he was darkly handsome with a quick eloquent eye which roved frankly everywhere it rested for a moment on frona open and honest in its admiration and she smiled and half nodded for she liked him at first glance and it seemed as though they had met of old time he smiled pleasantly back the smooth upper lip curling brightly and showing beautiful teeth immaculately white in answer to the stereotyped preliminaries he stated that his name was that of his father's a descendant of the coureurs de bois his mother with a shrug of the shoulders and a flash of teeth was a breed he was born somewhere in the barrens on a hunting trip he did not know where ah we oui, men call him an old-timer he had come into the country in the days of jack mcquestion across the rockies from the great slave on being told to go ahead with what he knew of the matter at hand he deliberated a moment as though casting about for the best departure 
in the spring it is good to sleep with the open door he began his words sounding clear and flute-like and marked by haunting memories of the accents of his forebearers put into the tongue and so i sleep last night but i sleep like the cat the fall of the leaf the breath of the wind and my ears whisper to me whisper whisper all the night long so the first shot with a quick snap of the fingers and i am awake just like that and i am at the door st vincent leaned toward frona it was not the first shot she nodded with her eyes still bent on la flitch who gallantly waited then two more shot he went on quick together boom boom just like that borg shack i say to myself and run down the trail i think borg killed bella which was bad bella very fine girl he confided with one of his irresistible smiles i like bella so i run and john he run from his cabin like a fat cow with great noise what the matter you say and i say i don't know and then something come whew out of the dark just like that and knock john down and knock me down we grab everything all at once it is a man he is in undress he fight he cry oh 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 just like that we hold him tight and bime by pretty quick he stop then we get up and i say come along back who was the man la flitte turned partly and rested his eyes on st vincent go on so the man he will not go back but john and i say yes and he go did he say anything i ask him what the matter but he cry he sob hush tush hush tush just like that did you say anything particular about him la flitch's brows drew up interrogatively anything uncommon out of the ordinary ah we oui, blood on the hands disregarding the murmur in the room he went on his fossil play of features and gesture giving dramatic value to the recital john make a light and bella groan like the hair seal when you shoot him in the body just like that when you shoot him in the body under the flipper and borg lay over in the corner i look he no breathe tall then bella open her eyes and i look in her eyes and i know she know me la flitch who did it bella i ask and she roll her head on the floor and whisper so low so slow him dead i know she mean borg and i say yes then she lift up on one elbow and look about quick in big hurry and when she see st vincent she look no more only she look at vincent all the time then she point at him just like that suiting the action to the word la flitch turned and thrust a wavering finger at the prisoner and she say him 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 and i say bella who did it and she say him 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 st vincha him do it and then la flitch's head fell limply forward on his chest and came back naturally erect as he finished with a flash of teeth dead the warm-faced man bill brown put the quarter breed through the customary direct examination which served to strengthen his testimony and to bring out the fact that a terrible struggle must have taken place in the killing of borg the heavy table was smashed the stool and the bunk board splintered and the stove overthrown never did i see anything like it la flitch concluded his description of the wreck no never brown turned him over to frona with a bow which a smile of hers paid for in full she did not deem it unwise to cultivate cordiality with the lawyer what she was working for was time time for her father to come time to be closeted with st vincent and learn all the details of what really had occurred so she put questions questions interminable questions to la flitch twice only did anything of moment crop up you spoke of the first shot mr la flitch 
now the walls of a log cabin are quite thick had your door been closed do you think you could have heard that first shot he shook his head though his dark eyes told her he divined the point she was endeavouring to establish and had the door of borg's cabin been closed would you have heard again he shook his head then mr lefflitch when you say the first shot you do not mean necessarily the first shot fired but rather the first shot you heard fired he nodded and though she had scored her point she could not see that it had any material bearing after all again she worked up craftily to another and stronger climax though she felt all the time that lefflitch fathomed her you say it was very dark mr lefflitch ah uh, oui quite dark how dark how did you know it was john you met john make much noise when he run i know that kind of noise could you see him so as to know that it was he ah no then mr lefflitch she demanded triumphantly will you please state how you knew there was blood on the hands of mr st vincent his lip lifted in a dazzling smile and he paused a moment how i feel it warm on his hands and my nose ah the smoke of the hunter camp long way off the hole where the rabbit hide the track of the moose which has gone before does not my nose tell me he flung his head back and then with tense face eyes closed nostrils quivering and dilated he simulated the quiescence of all the senses save one and the concentration of his whole being on that one then his eyes fluttered partly open and he regarded her dreamily i smell the blood on his hands the warm blood the hot blood on his hands and by gad he can do it some man exclaimed and so convinced was frona that she glanced involuntarily at st vincent's hands and saw there the rusty brown stains on the cuffs of his flannel shirt as la flitch left the stand bill brown came over to her and shook hands no more than proper i should know the lawyer for the defence he said good-naturedly running over his notes for the next witness but don't you think it is rather unfair to me she asked brightly i have not had time to prepare my case i know nothing about it except what i have gleaned from your two witnesses don't you think mr brown her voice rippling along in persuasive little notes don't you think it would be advisable to adjourn the meeting until to-morrow hm he deliberated looking at his watch wouldn't be a bad idea it's five o'clock anyway and the men ought to be cooking their suppers she thanked him as some women can without speech yet as he looked down into her face and eyes he experienced a subtler and greater satisfaction than if she had spoken he stepped to his old position and addressed the room on consultation of the defence and the prosecution and upon consideration of the lateness of the hour and the impossibility of finishing the trial within a reasonable limit i <clears throat> i take the liberty of moving an adjournment until eight o'clock to-morrow morning the ayes have it the chairman proclaimed coming down from his place and proceeding to build the fire for he was a part owner of the cabin and cook for his crowd End of chapter 26, read by Don W. Jenkins, Rancho San Diego, California, shaggybark.blogspot.com.